Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome in to Picks and Parlays Radio here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and also streaming live on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, all your favorite social media platforms where we're very easy to find. If you search Picks and Parlays, we're usually the first thing that pops up. I am your host, Chelsea Messenger. You can find me every day on Twitter, at Chelsea Messenger is my handle. Uh, today is Friday, October the 4th, and we are right in the thick of one of the best times uh, of the year for sports and sports betting. We've got postseason baseball, we've got NFL, and we've got college football along with the start of hockey season. Uh, first segment, we're talking baseball and Monday Night Football for next week uh, with Tony T, including that Nats-Dodgers game, uh, which is the late game today. We've got four baseball games on today. Uh, the Astros lead 4 nothing in the fifth against the Rays in game one of the ALDS. And then last night, of course, we had some really thrilling ones uh, between the Cardinals and the Braves and the Nats and the Dodgers. The Dodgers taking a commanding one game lead over the Nationals uh, with that dominant performance, 6 nothing win in LA. Meanwhile, uh, the Cardinals Braves game was the only game that I think has hit the over in all of these baseball games so far. Uh, we've seen relatively low scoring affairs uh, in three of the four games that have already been played, uh, not including this afternoon slate. Getting back to football, our second segment of the day. Whew. We're diving into college football. Uh, we've got a lot to get to. I'm out of breath already. <laughs> it's a busy time of year. We've got Boston College, Louisville, Air Force, Nevada, or, or excuse me, Navy, uh, Northwestern, Nebraska. And then finally, our NFL rapid fire segment where we cover a lot of NFL games. We give a lot of winners. Joe D'Amico's here. Craig Trapp's here. Chip Cherimbus is here. They're all here in studio today. Uh, it's going to be a great show, and I'm really excited to talk about some of these NFL games because uh, now we've got a substantial amount of info on these teams, and some of these teams, you know what, we're finding out who's the pretenders and who's the contenders, and we've got lots of good info to dive into on today's show. After the break, we're starting off with baseball and Monday Night Football. After the break on Picks and Parlays. Welcome back to Picks and Parlays Radio here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and also streaming live on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. If you search Picks and Parlays, we're usually the first thing that pops up. I am your host, Chelsea Messenger. You can find me on Twitter, at Chelsea Messenger. Uh, right now, let's dive into some baseball with Tony T. Hello, Tony. Has this postseason been exciting enough for you so far? <laughs> so far, it's been exciting. Some good wild card games. And of course, that Atlanta Brave game yesterday was pretty exciting. And watching this game this afternoon, uh, big fifth inning for the Astros. Altuve, a two run home run, then low drops a pop up, and two more runs come across. So, a uh, big fifth inning for the Astros up four nothing. I thought Glasnow looked really sharp for Tampa Bay, but gave up that two run homer. He goes to the pin. They come in with the relief core and they add some base runners, and then error pushes across two more innings. So, the Astros off to a good start, Chelsea. 
unfortunately, errors have been a storyline of this postseason, and you hate to see it, you know, but it's been the, the deciding factor in some of these games. So, I mean, hopefully just for watching purposes, that doesn't continue. But last night, the Nationals and Dodgers, we saw two errors from the Nationals in that game. Uh, and otherwise, the Dodgers were dominant. A 6 nothing win in Game 1 of that NLDS uh, series in L.A. Uh, so let's dive into Game 2. It's slated for tonight. And I'm just wondering if the Nationals can come back after that you know, dominating performance by the Dodgers last night where the Nationals' offense was held to zero runs, two hits, and 13 strikeouts. Uh, what a performance by Walker Buehler last night. Uh, and especially the bullpen as well. You can't forget them. They did their job. Uh, tonight it's Clayton Kershaw going, going against Steven Strasburg. Uh, first thoughts on this one. Yeah, I think with the win last night, they didn't have to bring in Jensen in the game. They're up 6 nothing, As you mentioned, Chelsea, only um, – Two hits for the Nationals. Dodgers got six runs. Did strike out 12 times, though, in that game. And Corbin really did, wasn't sharp. Five walks, I think, really hurt as well. But here we're looking at the Dodgers and Nationals in game number two. Uh, starts an hour later here, 9.30 uh, p.m. Eastern start. Uh, L.A. favorite here, about $1.55 or higher in some places. Total 7.5. But I'm going to look here to go under 7.5, Chelsea. Clayton Kershaw, he'll, he's going for the L.A. He's, been, he's pitched well at home, 10-2 and two record. 2.89 ERA, low whip, and his on-base rate is 84%, which means that he doesn't allow many base runners to get to come across. But one thing I'm looking here is that the national starter, Steven Strasburg, I think he's coming off his best season, really good form. He's allowed two earned runs or fewer in eight of his past 10 starts. And, of course, uh, he's pitched well against the Dodgers, uh, pitch, uh, facing them twice this season, allowing three runs over 13 innings. And his strikeout rate is 30%, whip of 1.04. I think we're looking here at a pitching duel. Uh, Chelsea, and I think Strasburg can go at least seven in this one. Well, we've got to talk about the elephant in the room when it comes to Clayton Kershaw, and that is the postseason. Clayton Kershaw, of course, has been great in the regular season, but in the postseason, he's 9-10 and 10 with a 4-3-2 ERA and 30 games of work. Uh, do you see that being a factor tonight, and do you think he gets over the hump here uh, tonight, especially since he does have a Dodgers lineup behind him that's able to score runs early and often? couple of things here. They're, he's had trouble against the Cardinals, and he's not facing the Cardinals here. He's facing the Nationals' bats uh, with, with a high strikeout rate we saw yesterday. And another thing, too, I think the pressure's a little off him since L.A. has the 1-0 lead. You know, Kershaw has always been under pressure spots in that game one situation, and uh, he's had issues there with uh, giving up base runners, walking. I think he's a little under control now, knowing that L.A. has that 1-0 lead, and I, I, I do believe uh, he should be all right in this game. Uh, you know, he's, he's pitched well at home. His record's good. His, his, his strand rate has been, been his second best in his career. I think he's got the confidence, Chelsea, of, of, of pitching well this season. Speaking of confidence, it seems like this season, especially in the postseason, uh, we've seen pitchers nibbling at the strike zone. Yeah. Uh, and you can tell that these balls are juiced and there's something going on uh, when it comes to all these home runs. And you almost see it when you see these pitchers throw. Uh, last night we saw the Nationals walking a lot of batters. Uh, do you see that being a factor for Kershaw or Strasburg in this one, uh, the fact that walks might be a factor because everyone's so afraid to give up the long ball? You know, Kershaw, because he has that really effective curve that really and, and change up that really fools batters. When, he's that, when that curve is on, he's unhittable. One thing about Strasburg, 30% strikeout right. His whip is just 1.04. But here's what I like about Strasburg. He's only throwing his fastball 48% of the time. He throws a change up 20%. And you have, when you have good control and you're facing a power lineup and you can change speeds, and, and what, which I like against these power lineups, uh, 
is changing speeds. You know, you get those those power hitters in front of pitches. You know, Chelsea, you've seen it before. It takes a lot of confidence away from the power hitters, and it gets in the, it gets in their heads when you face a power pitcher who can change speeds and make you look foolish there at the plate. Right, and we talk about postseason stats. Steven Strasburg has been dominant. He has a .41 ERA, uh, 28 strikeouts in just 22 innings of work. Uh, he is coming off limited rest. He came out of the bullpen uh, with that wild card game uh, where, you know, the Nationals needed him. So uh, it's hard for me not to say that the Nationals are struggling a little bit. Last night they just looked low energy. Uh, do you think they bounce back a little bit better tonight uh, with maybe a day under their belt and that travel not being a factor? Yeah, remember they had won like nine straight after they beat Milwaukee. So they, they might got to feel, feel good about themselves here. But it's a different situation, different playoff here against the Dodgers. And I think they feel that this is probably their best pitcher. I know Scherzer's been good, but let's face it, his ERA has almost been five since he's come off the DL. But I think they have to feel good about their chances in this game with, with Strasburg. Uh, I think, I think Stras, as I said, I think Strasburg is the type of pitcher that can give this lineup some trouble with his ability to change speeds and, and still have control. And another thing here, Chelsea, why I like about the under here, it's, it's been trending here under, you know, Dodger home games in the playoffs have gone under in nine of 10 and Nationals have gone under in nine of 13. And of course, uh, I, I, I think this points to an under here in this one. Right. I think three of four postseason games so far have hit the under uh, the lone exception being that Cardinals um, Braves game was the only high scoring game we've really seen. And despite the Dodgers scoring six runs last night, you know, the Nationals didn't score any. Uh, so let's move on to the Browns and the 49ers. This is the Monday night football game uh, for next week. The 49ers favored in this one by four. Total sits at 46 and a half. Uh, initial thoughts on this one. Yeah, you know, big news here first is uh, wide receiver for the Browns, Jarvis Landry, out of concussion protocol. He's back at practice, so expect to see him here in this game. Of course, uh, the Browns coming off that really good performance against the Browns, forty to twenty uh, against the Ravens, forty to twenty-four. And one thing they did is they utilized their ground attack with Nick Chubb's one hundred and sixty-five yards. They get that ground game going. That only means Baker Fields, Baker Mayfield's going to be more effective. And we've seen that with Mayfield. You know, three hundred forty-two yards in that win against the Ravens and his release time. You know, he's being clocked. They clock him now for release times. We were we were critical of Mayfield holding the ball too long, but his release times have has started to show improvement. He's getting the ball out. And of course, uh, that will, uh, that, you know, that avoids trouble and hits. And of course, you know, you're getting four here. And that means the 49ers, if they're up 10, you got to worry about that backdoor cover. And Mayfield, I think he's the type of guy that never gives up. That's one thing I like about taking points with Mayfield, because you know he's not going to give up Chelsea. He's going to try every second there is on that clock. Right. You mentioned the run game, and that was something that the Browns really needed to get going. Nick Chubb finally uh, going off in that last game for 165 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, but this week, they'll be, they'll be facing the best front four, according to Freddie Kitchens, that the Browns have faced all season. D. Ford, Nick Bosa, DeForest Buckner, and Eric Armstead. So the pass rush is going to be especially strong uh, for the 49ers in this one. Do you see the 49ers defense uh, being a factor against the Browns in this one? I think, I think it can be, but one thing I noticed here with, with the 49ers series, you look at, look at their competition they've beaten. I don't think it's been really strong. You know, the Buccaneers, uh, they've beaten the Bengals and the Steelers who, you know, were using, uh, and the, you know, Steelers using their backup for the first time. And, and you know, one thing with, with, with backups, it's like the NBA is that uh, the backups play better at home than they do on the road. And of course, the Buccaneers were sort of a mess in that first game and the Bengals have just looked bad. And I, I think also you got to factor in the strength of competition. I, I think really, I don't think the 49ers have seen 
well, they saw a good offense in, in the Buccaneers, but they weren't organized in that week one game. That week one is more like a preseason game. But I, I think here, uh, with the weapons Mayfield has, I think this is obviously might be the best quarterback they've seen here in Mayfield. And one thing new when you have it when you have a good rush is you kind of go, you throw the ball outside, get the ball off really quick, and that frustrates a front four. And I think Kitchens is, a, is, is uh, understands that. You know, he he was a former quarterback himself. He knows. Look, you know, when you get that pass rush, let's get the ball off quick. Let's get it to the receivers. Let's go outside the tackle and uh, play action. If it works, you'll slow down that pass rush. And I think I think this definitely that can be, can be overcome here by the Browns. So you like the Browns in this one? I like the Browns plus the four points. Uh, again, it's again if you've got the 49ers and you're laying four, and it's a it's an eight point deficit, nine point, ten point deficit. You know, if if the Browns have the ball, you know Mayfield's not going to give up. Right. All right. That's our NFL and MLB picks from Tony T. We're back after the break with more football on Pigs and Parlays. Welcome back to Picks and Parlays Radio here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and also streaming live on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube if you want to tune in that way. I'm your host, Chelsea Messenger, and let's get to some college football because we've got a ton of games to talk about. We've got Chip Cherimbus in the studio to give us some winners. Well, you know, the college football season had a little change at the top this week, Chelsea. I mean, uh, Alabama's been dropped from the top spot. Actually, Alabama moved into the top spot once again. Well, because Clemson did not look good against North Carolina. They you, almost lost to North Carolina. You know, and Chelsea, they certainly I'll, didn't cover. I'm wondering how, how often um, Clemson is going to sleepwalk through games knowing the kind of schedule they have where right. they really don't have to get up for any big time opponents until the playoffs start but until the problem is they need to look dominant in all of those games because they're not playing the best of opponents uh so when they are trying to impress the committee to get those top four spots granted they get a lot of credit but still they need to look dominant you know why i don't think it matters all that much is because it doesn't matter if they're one, two, three, or four. That first playoff game is a neutral game at a neutral site. It isn't right. like you're gaining a home court Which or home I think field they advantage. Should, they should move to that. I would love well, to see some home games, but it, you know, I it's all be, about the money. So. It, yeah, it'd be kind of difficult to set it up in time, and um, you know, it's it's not feasible actually. I think to to get these people there in one week, whereas they know that they're going to be playing at the Rose Bowl or at the Orange right. Bowl in a specific game, and it gives the alumni a chance to. Spend a few days, I guess, in a warm, a warm weather city. Um, I think one of the first games you should go to is in the ACC here. It's yeah, let's start off with Boston College and Louisville. Louisville is uh, favored in this one, minus five. Total sits at 61. And guess what? Uh, Scott Satterfield's crew, they already have two wins, which is already tied for last season's win total. Louisville was 2-10 and 10 last season. So already the Cardinals are looking a lot better this season. Boston College, meanwhile, is 3-2, and two, but they've lost two of their last three, including that terrible loss to Kansas in which they were favored by 20 points. Imagine that. It happens, though, and you have to go out there and play the game. You just don't hand your victories. You know, this Louisville team, like you said, it only won two games um, last year. And, you know, Lamar Jackson affects. He's gone. This team and the Eagles, Boston College, have similar offenses. They both like to control the ball on the ground. They move the ball pretty well. Um, Boston College has done very well in conference, going 13-3-1. and They're averaging 472 yards a game. 438 on the ground. Now, last year, Chelsea, when these two teams played, Boston College ran the ball for 252 yards, and their top back, Dillon, was out. I was going to say, A.J. Yep. Dillon wasn't even playing He wasn't that game. even playing. And Louisville has some issues here at quarterbacking. Uh, 
Juwan Pass is out, and Malik Cunningham got injured at the end of the game last week. But they do rush for 225 yards a game. Right, they're dual-threat quarterbacks. I think the yep. issue for uh, the quarterbacks at Louisville has been their completion percentage. They have not been very accurate with some of their passing. Uh, and it, it's hard to stop those dual-threat quarterbacks, as we saw in that Notre Dame game. It was surprising that Louisville was moving the chains. Well, when you have to look at two different factors, I mean, a team moving the ball, um, a dual-threat quarterback like here, and like I said, at, at Arizona when we have um, Khalil Tate, those guys are hard to defend if they can run. Heisman Trophy winners end up being quarterbacks that are runners. Right, and, and uh, Boston College has a dual threat as well, uh, Anthony Brown. Uh, he's good at throwing the deep ball too, which is especially potent when you have a good run attack. Uh, so it's a, a little bit of that uh, uh, option, I would say. But he was picked off twice in last, last week's loss. Uh, so accuracy is a factor for him as well. I think the Achilles heel for both these squads, these squads is their quarterbacking. And, you know, this Louisville squad is 0-7 in their last seven conference games. So I was so well, surprised. last year they were very right, bad. Right, right. <laughs> very I, bad. I, that's against the points. Usually you can at least get a cover involved in there. But they opened up a, a rather strong favorite in my mind here. And the, the action has gone toward Louisville. I mean, toward Boston College. I think Louisville may surprise people here. Boston College, we know we've seen losing to Kansas at home is vulnerable. Right. Uh, you mentioned that rush attack of A.J. Dillon, one of the better running backs in the entire ACC. The yeah. good news is he's rushed for 150 yards in each of his last three games. The bad news is that they've lost two of three of those, so it hasn't seemed to matter. No, I, I, <laughs> well, you know, somebody has to make a tackle somewhere and play defense, and they certainly right. didn't do that against Kansas. So you like Louisville in this one? I would take Louisville. Just um, It isn't a game that I would step out on, of course. I mean, they're a favorite. They've dropped down. It just seems illogical to me that they would be as strong a favorite as they are after what we've seen. All right, let's move on to Air Force Navy. Air Force is three and one, two and two against the spread. Navy two and one, uh, and two and one against the spread. I believe uh, last season Air Force won this one, 35 to seven. Uh, Air Force favored in this one, minus three and a half. Total sits at 46. How are we seeing this one line up? Well, you know, 10 days ago, we were all very impressed by Navy in the first half. We saw them against Memphis. They took a lead, and they were getting 11 points. They ended up falling down in the second half. Memphis has just too many guns and too much strength. But we saw a lot, I saw a lot out of that Navy. Now, this team is averaging 457 yards a game. 345 Chelsea are on the ground. And, I was going to say, it's, it's and, even more impressive when you run a triple option type yep. offense. And it's a misnomer to call the Air Force the Falcons or the Flyboys, because they they have a 440-yard offense as well, and they run for 330 yards. Right, they're the wingless birds. Yes, they should be the ostriches. <laughs> well, you know, these two teams, they, their, styles they wings, are just, but... their styles are so, the same, so similar. Right, well, they're service academies. And the thing is, they're not in the same conference. They're not in conferences. And what happens is the home team in this series has dominated um, five out of the last six winners for the home team. Maybe coming off that Memphis loss, I think they've had a lot of time to savor and wait for the Air Force here. The Falcons, though, in non-conference, are 21-5 and against the spread. And, you know, this Navy team has struggled against the Mountain West Conference 0-4 in their last four. But I'm telling you here, this is a revenge game. This is a service academy game. I think that Navy gets the edge here, particularly after the way I saw them battle against Memphis 
and um, really hung in there as best they could. I think Navy comes up big here, and this game should come down to who knows. It may go. Who knows? It may go overtime, Chelsea. It should be a great battle between two similar styles and two teams that are probably on the same skill level. So do you like the total at all in this one? Um, it's very high. Well, 46, I, I was thinking about it, Chelsea, and I was thinking that uh, two running games, two running teams, right. that um, it probably would bog them down. And one of the other things about it is that Navy is actually fourth in the nation, only allowing 84 yards on the ground per game. So maybe the way to go would be under here right. with this number at 46. Uh, even though last year it was 35 to 7, so it's tinkering it around yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, as you mentioned, it seems like the defense is a little better. Uh, at least on one side this year. Well, you know, it's these two teams when they get to go head to head. It's just uh, it's great to see, and they bring tears in my eyes. Believe it oh. or not, oh, they do. I don't well, know I'm sure there's that. a lot of pride involved when it comes to service academies. Yes, there is. Uh, let's move on to Northwestern and Nebraska. Nebraska favored in this one, minus seven and a half. Total sits at 49. Uh, Northwestern is one and three, one and three against the spread. Three. Uh, Nebraska, excuse me, is three and two, one and four against the spread. Northwestern and Nebraska, of course, facing off with big-time opponents last week. Northwestern, yeah, I'd say they looked a little more impressive. They held Wisconsin to, to just 24 points last week, and two of those were defensive touchdowns, so that says even more about this Northwestern defense. Uh, so how do we see this one lining up? Well, you know, Nebraska last week was one of my big failures on the road of my absolutely <laughs> wow. horrible Saturday, and everybody here had a joyous day with Ohio State. But Northwestern was an early bird winner against uh, Wisconsin. They played really tough. But Chelsea, this is the only way they can win is defensively. They're one and three straight up, right. one and three against the numbers. They have quarterback issues. Mm -hmm. They had to come in now with Hunter Johnson. They have 11 turnovers on the season. And that's really not good with a team that doesn't have much offense. Now, a team like Nebraska is supposed to have some great offense, and they haven't shown much of it. They have 14 turnovers I was on about the year. to say, turnovers have been uh, the problem for Nebraska, and it's really and, frustrating to watch, I would assume, for Nebraska fans. Because uh, some of these games that they were supposed to win, right. they've lost against Colorado. I remember that game. It was a 30-year-old kicker from Colorado. Well, that was one that, of our fortunate wins earlier in the season. But... The Nebraska quarterback, Adrian Martinez, who's averaged over 300 yards total offense per game coming into um, last week's game against Ohio State, had 128 total yards. And I think they're going to make a big adjustment this week. Well, I mean, you'd hope so. Scott Frost it, certainly hopes so. Oh, my goodness. You know, Nebraska, they really expected a lot more out of him than what they've gotten so he's, far. And he's one of those guys that have, have gotten a lot of hype, and I think it's it just comes with the territory when you're a quarterback of a team like Nebraska, which, you know, they're supposed to be back at some well, point. He's, but. he's going to get more time, I imagine, than Harbaugh right now, who's struggling, coming off that huge win over hapless Rutgers. Well, what did they do this week against Iowa in a Big Ten game? I know. Hype is a funny thing. Some people deserve it, some people don't, and then some some people just flounder when well, you know, when they get the chance. So many people get caught up in it. You know, they actually know. start believing their own headlines and going out there and, and not, without the understanding that you have to prove it on the field. You have to do it day in and day out on the field against an opponent. All right, so let's circle back to All this right. game. Uh, a lot of these have been close games. Northwestern and Nebraska, six of the past eight meetings have been decided by less than 10 points, uh, and the past two have gone to overtime. Uh, so, 
How does that affect uh, looking at this spread that's more than a touchdown? Well, that's the point uh, that given here is that how could, in my mind, Nebraska be such a heavy favorite considering the way they got pounded last week, 49-3, right. considering the improvement by Northwestern. Remember, Northwestern, our opening game lost to Stanford where they actually dominated play and they fumbled, right. fumbled the that ball at the end of the game. And, yeah, that was, unless you had Stanford. <laughs> that thing. was a bad beat for Thank people on the much. other side. It was. And Northwestern, that was... Um, you know, the kind of season that they've had so far. They just right. haven't been able to move the ball. And without the quarterback and, and their style of play, I think their games are going to stay under the total. But I think they're going to struggle here overall. This is a big place for the Cornhuskers. I think Nebraska really has to respond here. Right. So we, we touched on the total a little bit. It's 49. You like the under um, at all? I think the under would be the way to go here because I think it's the only shot Northwestern has in the game is to keep it, <laughs> right. to keep it keep low. It they, they can't get into a shootout with the Cornhuskers. No, um, no, certainly right. not looking at these score totals. Right. Uh, but, yeah, I will say Nebraska's loss to Ohio State. You might take that with a grain of salt because Ohio State's been so good, but they've had some other bad losses. And so Nebraska's got to prove something. I always like teams they that are come, come off humiliating losses. <laughs> All right, we've got to wrap up our college football talk. Thanks, Chip, for joining us. We're back after the break with NFL Rapid Fire on Picks and Parlays. Welcome back to Picks and Parlays Radio on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and also streaming live on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube, all of your favorite social media platforms. I am your host, Chelsea Messenger, and right now we're diving into NFL Rapid Fire. We've got Craig Trapp joining us. We've got Joe D'Amico on the end because he's really loud. <laughs> he's got his purple on today. Oh, uh, I always have to make sure I look good. I have to be, well, I'm not worried about Craig, but I have to be on, <laughs> on camera with you, Chelsea, and you're always stunning. Well, I will take that compliment. Uh, let's dive into some of these games, starting with the Ravens. You've got the purple on, Joe. Uh, Ravens-Steelers. Ravens favorite in this one at minus 3.5. Total sits at 44. Ravens come in 2-2. Two and two. Steelers 1-3. and three. Joe, we'll start with you. Do you like the Ravens and your purple? Well, I'll tell you what. I always <laughs> like purple. I look good in every color sports fan. But I want you to know this is a game that I think is very interesting. Both rivals. You know, Baltimore on paper, I think it's a better team. But games aren't played on paper. The line goes 3-3. Three, three a half. If this line is a three, I like Baltimore. Pittsburgh, I'm going to tell you guys something, and you're going to think I'm crazy, but that's okay. It's not the first certain rule, but it won't be the last time. I think Pittsburgh, the Pittsburgh offense, is a better offense with Mason Rudolph at the helm. He doesn't make the same mistakes Ben Roethlisberger makes. He's got a little bit better of a feet, Hal. I got a couch at home that has better feet than Ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> but I want you to know this is a very tough game. Depending on the line you get, I would either fade the favorite, fade the dog, either way. I think there are better games on the board, but I do want people to know. This week, picks and parlays, Craig, I have five. One, two, three, four, five big college football winners on Saturday, four big pro winners as of now, and I am putting them up late Friday because I know of certain games going to move in my favor, and that's where my information comes into play for you guys, where we get an extra half a point or a point going into the weekend. Last Saturday, Craig, my games of the month went three and one. Uh, Sunday, I fell off, but as a champion, I might come back this week. Craig, Baltimore-Pittsburgh. This one's a tough one because these two always play tight. These, they, mm -hmm. they, they just don't like each other, play hard-hitting football historically. But, you know, this Ravens team, we thought their defense was going to be really good this year. Yeah. Hasn't been so good. They gave up 40 to Cleveland last week, uh, 20, uh, 33 the week before that. So I think there's a little something to prove here. 
but I just think there's going to be a lot more points than what people think. I'm going to take the over 44 here and what I think is going to be a tight matchup. I think this one's going to come right down to the end. And I wouldn't, wouldn't doubt if uh, this line's at three and a half if it falls at three as uh, the Ravens win by three is what I'm kind of thinking. Right. Traditional, the, traditionally, these teams have had really good defenses. But as you mentioned, the Ravens this year have been giving up points right and left. So it doesn't look like one of those traditional games uh, for this AFC North matchup. Let's move on to the Patriots and the Redskins. The Redskins are 0-4 and, and trying to avoid a dumpster fire down in D.C. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, the Patriots are smooth sailing 4-0, and uh, and they're favored by 15 in this one. Total sits at 42. Joe, do you think the Patriots can cover that big number? Well, Chelsea, Craig, sports fans, this is going to be one of my big totals this game, but I do want to talk about the side. I want you to know I'm not crazy about laying double digits in the NFL with anybody, but if you can do it, anybody, it is the New England Patriots. Make no mistake of it. They are the best team, not just in the UFC, in football. All right, we'll touch base later on in Kansas City. I'll tell you what I think about them. If you play Washington in this game, you're going to have to go through three or four bottles of Pepto-Bismol because you will be cringing the entire game. If you play this game, you've got to play the Patriots. I think there are better games on the board. If I play this game, I play the favorite because the Patriots are the best team in football. Well, we thought Haskins was going to get the start here, but now recent news came out. McCoy is going to get the start here. Uh, talking about a mismatch. Anytime you're facing the future <laughs> Hall of Famer with McCoy or Haskins would be a problem. But I'm going to take the Patriots here at like Mid or like uh, I'm sorry, Joe. Uh, like Joe said, uh, New England is not a team that usually lays it on like late. But I could see after last week where they did not play good the second half that they do in this one. So let's take New England minus the 15 and what I think is one of the uglier mismatches of the week. Right. I don't think the mismatch is the quarterbacks. I think the mismatch is this Patri uh, Patriots defense, against, defense against Colt McCoy. Because, yeah, Tom Brady is a Hall of Famer and probably the best quarterback of our lifetime, maybe the entire NFL. Uh, but the Patriots defense has been really good this year. Uh, Washington's defense has been really bad. They're giving <laughs> yeah. up over 30 points a game. And I, I could see a lot of people probably being on the over, a lot of parlay betters being on New England and the over in this one. Because right, because 42 is a low number. It's, it's a low number, but the Redskins. Uh, the Can the Washington Redskins score on this team? On this New defense? England might have to score them all themselves. Right. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, let's move on to the Jaguars and the Panthers. The Panthers are favored in this one, minus three and a half. Total sits at 40. That's a really low number. And probably because this is the battle of the backup quarterbacks. Granted, Gardner Minshew for the Jaguars has not looked like a backup no. quarterback. He's been threading the needle uh, and been fantastic late in games for the Jaguars. Panthers are going to go with uh, Kyle Allen, who is a backup. But you know what? He's looked pretty good in backup relief of Cam Newton. Uh, how are we leaning on this one, Joe? Well, Chelsea, you know, you, you mentioned Gardner Minshew. People don't realize Gardner Minshew broke all sorts of records in, in the Pac-12 when he played college ball. They got him for a steal. They don't pay a lot of money for him. He is a good backup. I don't think the Jackson well, – I don't think the Jacksonville Jaguars will not win the Super Bowl. But when you look at value, I feel the Jaguars, through certain situations this season, offer a lot of value and will get the betters paid. And this isn't about who's better. This isn't about who wins. This is about who covers. Remember, it's money in your pocket if you cover the game. And I'll tell you what, with a line of three and a half, I've got to take the three and a half, especially that hook with the Jacksonville Jaguars here. I don't like Carolina. I think there's talent. Not that I think there is talent on this team. They just can't put it together. I think their head coach is in trouble by the end of the season if they don't start putting some Ws on the board. Well, it just comes down to hopefully they don't switch back to Cam Newton because <laughs> Kyle Allen has been avoiding the uh, turnovers which and hitting open receivers, which Cam Newton was not. I think the Jaguars and Panthers battle the backups is going to be a really good game. Although I don't think a lot of people out there will want to watch it. Uh, but I do think you're right. I think the Jaguars... 
are the play at the three and a half. I think the Jaguars probably went outright. I think they have the better of the two defenses. And I think Gardner Minshew is a superstar in, in the making. In the making. I, I think I, he's I like already him. there. Well, in his own mind, he's already there. I mean, have you seen well, some of the outfits? Well, people love he's him. There. People love the mustache. They love the Uncle yep. Rico. Uh, yeah, I think he's a lot of fun to watch. You know, for a football fan, you know. Well, he threads the needle. He's he gets, a real good quarterback. He hasn't. He hasn't had good. to throw it down the field yet, though, and that's where I think um, you, to make him, you have to take away the short pass. And we saw him do it at Washington State. We saw him mm-hmm. do it so far. It, can he? be Aaron Rodgers and throw the ball down the field. I think I don't he's think thrown it down the field a few times. A few, but I'm you know, disagree with you he doesn't have one. the arm strength that we, we've known to like in our on-the-top-level quarterbacks. But short passing, which is what they've made this offense about right now around him, he's been able to take advantage of it. I think he does it again here. I like him at uh, plus three and a half. Right. There's plenty of quarterbacks in the NFL that can't make those short passes. No. So, I You're mean, right. the Jacks got a nice fan. find. I'm a Bengals fan. Don't you, Andy Dalton? Are they still yes. in the NFL or do they move up north oh, to the no. CFL? Monday night, I think that, that was it. That's oh my. it. I'm done. I even bet Pittsburgh and I'm still done. All right. Well, let's move on to the Falcons and the Texans. The Falcons are one of those teams that fans are probably very frustrated as well. They're one of those teams that have a lot of talent, but somehow it has not translated to wins. They're 1-3 and and 1-3 and against the spread. Uh, this week against the Texans, the Texans are favored by four. Total sits at 50. Joe, who do you like in this one? Well, my uh, NFL sources are saying Dan Quinn is going to be gone within a matter of weeks. He will be the first head coach gone for a season. There is talent on this Atlanta Falcons team, however, on both sides of the ball. However, they just can't string together. Forget about several good performances. Just give me one good performance. I think Houston has what it takes. I think there's talent on both sides of the ball. I think they, they too, will underachieve in the long run. But if I had to play this game, I would lay the four and a half with Houston. They're the better team on paper and on the field. Well, Atlanta is the biggest disappointment in my book. I thought Atlanta could win that division. Heck, now they're, I don't think they can win five games. I think they lose again this week. I think it's going to be ugly. They've not been good on the road, 0-2, straight up and against the spread. Um, Houston hasn't been great against the spread at home, uh, 0-2. But I do think uh, you'll see this week this Houston defense come up with some big turnovers. And I just don't see Atlanta turning around here. Let's uh, let's lay the wood with the uh, home Oh, two home in a row, me and Craig. <laughs> Happens. We're all getting along. Like <laughs> a, a broken big... clock is right twice a day, folks. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, all right, let's go to the Broncos and the Chargers, who, you know what, a broken clock is right two times a day. Nothing has been going right for the Broncos. They're wow. 0-4. Uh, the Chargers are favored in this one. Minus six. Total sits at 44.5. Uh, who do we like in this one? Chelsea, Craig, sports fans, I'll tell you what. In his entire uh, collegiate and professional career, and even in the front office, John Elway has never been on the hot seat like he is right now. He put this team together. They are horrible. The coach didn't make any difference. Their defense, which was good over the last several seasons, let's face it, they're not pulling their job. You know, and on top of the, the fact that it doesn't help that their offense is so bad that the defense is spending a little extra time on the field. They're getting tired come the second half. The Chargers can score points. They will score points. They're laying under a touchdown here. Under a touchdown. As long as this is under seven, and I think it's six and a half as of taping. Guys, I got to lay the six and a half with, with, with the Chargers here. I just think they're a better team on both sides of the ball. Yeah, I see some sixes out there. So if you're shopping the line around, it's even better. But to me, it's hard to have a lot of confidence, even with Phillip Rivers and the Chargers this year. They haven't been great. I think a lot of people thought that they were going to improve off of last year where they came on late. I haven't really seen it. But I do think you're right. I mean, you can't have any confidence in Denver's offense. Joe Flacco, it hasn't mattered. Uh, it didn't matter who the quarterback was. They just don't – they haven't been good. Like you said, since Elway has uh, got rid of 
uh, or Manning retired, he hasn't been able to find the next heir apparent there at quarterback. I don't think Joe Flacco is the heir apparent. No. And I would lay the points, but I would say under. (laughs) I would say under here. Under 44.5, I think Denver will be lucky to score 16, 17 points. I think this one's a clear underplay. I just can't see this one getting above even like 40 in the total points area. Uh, It should be interesting to see if Melvin Gordon uh, makes a difference in this one because he Mm -hmm. should play this week after that long holdout. Uh, But we know running backs coming off a holdout. Uh, He's probably going to be limited if he does play. Let's move on to the Packers and the Cowboys. A big marquee matchup here. Cowboys favored three and a half. Total sits at 47. Who do we like, Joe? Well, guys, before I go into this game, I want to make a disclaimer. I am a Cowboys fan. A few weeks ago, I went against them. All right, I'm a genius. Fine. (laughs) Dallas, first several games of the season, undefeated. Who they play? I think at the time, a collective like one and eight, one and nine teams. I think they're a good team. I don't think they're a great team. The the difference is, is, and I think that this year, we don't see a lot of great teams as of yet. So they're looking very, very good. Here's the deal. Green Bay, for years, we, we keep hearing, well, Aaron Rodgers doesn't have a running game. He doesn't have a defense. That 1970s point star-looking quarterback, I'm going to tell you right now, he finds a way to win. And this is a big rivalry game. Big quarterbacks bring it up big. Dak lost it last week. He couldn't score when they ran into a Saints team who was a good team. I think they're going to have problems here. At three and a half, there's no doubt in my mind, I take the dog here. Well, we're finally going to disagree here. Okay. I, I'm going to take the Cowboys. The reason here is Dallas is at home. Dallas is undefeated at home this year, undefeated against the spread at home. I think they continue that, make it 3-0 and against the spread and straight up at home. I think Dallas' defense is one of the best. Last week, it wasn't the defense that cost them. No, uh, they, they did not score points. They're much better. I think uh, Zeke will uh, have no problem getting some uh, yards and scoring in the red zone. That's going to be the difference in this game, being able to score in the red zone versus kicking field goals. I'm going to take the Cowboys minus 3.5. I'm going to wait until game time. I'm hoping that this slides back to 3, but... I will take the Cowboys three and a half and go against Joe. All right, time is running out, so we've got to go quick. Colts, Chiefs, Chiefs favored by 11 in this one. Total sits at 56. Joe. Well, Chelsea, the Kansas City Chiefs are a very good team, but their defense, come on, they're easy to score on them, my high school prom date. Laying 11 points with this team against an Indianapolis team who isn't afraid of them, with a quarterback who are, who's making Indianapolis Colts fans say, Andrew who, I'll tell you right now, I'll take 11 with the Colts. I think you take the over in this one. It's a little square play, I know. Uh, but Kansas City, their defense hasn't stopped many people no. all this year. They, Oakland Raiders were the only team they stopped. I think me and Joe could do a good job. Absolutely. So let's take the over 56. I think both of these teams uh, score 28-plus in this one. And what will be a good game, I do think I would take the double-digit uh, underdog as well if I was on the side. And a couple health updates. Uh, T.Y. Hilton and Marlon Mack are both questionable for this game, but they have been at practice. So if they are in this game... Uh, a nice side for the for the over in this one because T.Y. Hilton, as we know, good off the deep ball. Yeah, I think, and against this terrible defense, oh, right, will help. Oh, it's ugly. <laughs> I told you this defense is easier than my high school prom date, and she was easy. You I know would, who you are. I was wondering if he was going to sneak in one more quit before the break. <laughs> <laughs> I All couldn't right. resist. All right, that's our NFL rapid fire segment. Uh, with Joe and Craig. We're back after the break on Picks and Parlays Radio, recapping all of today's picks. Stay with us. Welcome back to Picks and Parlays Radio on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and also streaming live on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube as we do every weekday, 1 Pacific, 4 Eastern. I am your host, Chelsea Messenger. You can find me every day on Twitter at Chelsea Messenger is my handle. Today was a busy show, jam-packed with all kinds of information, 
and all sorts of fun stuff when it came to football and baseball. Uh, and don't worry if you're just now tuning in. We've got you covered because we're about to go over all of our picks from today's show, starting with Tony T, who gave us a pick for tonight's Nationals-Dodgers game. Take the under seven and a half runs and the Monday night game for football. Uh, Browns at 49ers. He's taking the Browns at plus four. Moving on to Chip Cherimbus and some college football picks. Boston College, Louisville. He is taking Louisville at minus six. Air Force, Navy. Taking Navy at plus three and a half. And then Northwestern Nebraska, take Nebraska, minus seven. Moving on to our NFL rapid fire picks. Craig Trapp giving us these picks. Falcons, Texans, taking the Texans, minus four. Packers, Cowboys, taking the under at 47. And Colts, Chiefs, Chiefs, excuse me, take the over at 56. And then Joe D'Amico gave us some NFL picks as well. Jags and Panthers taking the Jags, plus three and a half. Broncos Chargers taking the Chargers minus six and a half and Packers Cowboys. He is taking the Cowboys minus three and a half. And I am always winded after that, <laughs> that rapid fire segment because uh, there's so many games that we have to get to because uh, it's such a busy time of year where we have football, both college, NFL, and postseason baseball. I'm really looking forward to this Nationals-Dodgers matchup uh, to see if Clayton Kershaw can get that postseason monkey off his back and if he can really perform well for this Dodgers squad that's already been really dominant. They won game one 6 nothing. So can they do it again against the Nationals and take a commanding two-game series lead? We'll see you tonight in more postseason baseball. Uh, we're back next week. Thanks for joining us on Picks and Parlays Radio. Bet, win, repeat. See you next week. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.